Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. This is episode 43, and a lot of exciting stuff going on, Will, and we're here to break it down. Absolutely. Uh, we got a lot coming at you this episode, so I'm super excited. Yeah, whether it be Summer Hoops, whether it be Big 3, we, we pretty much got it all, so we're going to break it down. But first, if you want to find the show on Twitter or on Instagram, it's at 4th Man Pod. And if you want to find our personal handles, it's at A underscore Siggy and, or, of course, A at Big 3 News. And if you are listening to this on Dash Radio, we appreciate you guys. We are now on a new time slot here on Saturday, um, so it's super excited to be on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel. And appreciate everyone who's tuning in on that end so let's get down to it right now we obviously have the basketball tournament going on and we obviously have a lot of big three guys who are in the basketball tournament mainly on the overseas elite team as we talked about in our probably on all our social media Um, we've pretty much just been (laughs) overseas elite bandwagons at this point but we also have Dante Green on Bayheim's army and you know we have Mo Charlo who's a big three prospect playing for the Golden Eagles, um, and all those teams are still in it, and Overseas Elite coming off a big win, so kind of just want to break it down, Will. I mean, we got Bayheim's Army moving on, and they'll play tomorrow. We got Overseas Elite, I guess it's today, actually, so it will actually be today when this comes out, and then we also have Overseas Elite playing today. Mo Charlo and the boys of the Golden Eagles Marquette alumni team won yesterday. What have you liked so far about the tournament, and which big three player are you impressed with the most? Yeah. I mean, I I think first of all, the most exciting thing to watch is just say, you know, all of our guys in the uh, TBT are doing great. Um, Silas didn't get a ton of minutes, but he did play good when he was in sessions was electric. Um, I knew he was going to be electric. I feel like people were not talking about him enough. Um, You know, you're talking about a a three-time drew league MVP, um, the reigning drew league defensive player of the year. You know, I, in my opinion, the Drew League and the TBT probably aren't that far off in like talent wise, you know, uh, or like skill. I don't think there's that big of a skill back. So I think Nitty, once he gets his uh, his feet under him, is going to dominate. Joe Johnson, of course, uh, which is has been the main attraction, I'd say, uh, especially for overseas elite. He looked absolutely great. Um, Dante Green at the five going up against the seven foot three Isaac. Uh, what was his last Isaac name? Haas. Isaac Haas. Isaac. Isaac Haas. I wanted to say Isaac Hayes, um, but Isaac Haas. He uh, Dante played he great. Was so that was awesome to see. Yeah. So I, I just I'm just so happy just to see all of these guys uh, do so well. And I just hate that. I just it makes me miss the big three so much more. I know. I mean, man, like we had the three guys on overseas elite start. We had Dante Green start, and both come away with W's. Both put up good performances. And you know, Will off air, you said that. Not Joe Johnson, but Frank Nitty was actually the best guy in this tournament. I did say that to you. If 
my uh, opinion, take it for what it's worth. I think Nitty is probably at least a top three guy in this tournament. I don't I'm not think- going to sit here and tell you that I'm incredibly familiar with everybody on the roster. So I'd be doing a disservice for you if I was to tell you I was as big of an expert as these other guys. But just from someone that knows his big three guys and knows basketball, you know, I would hope like to think a little bit. I'd say I'd peg Nitty as a top three guy. I think it's a super valid point. I mean, you know, him and Joe, they really came out hot oh, yesterday. Yeah. And they just seemed like they had just good chemistry off the bat. I mean, just kind of that starting lineup and as a whole. Uh, really looked good against Armored Athlete. And Bayheim's Army, who played, I guess, a couple days ago. I guess th- they've it's been so long since they've played, I feel like. But had a really good game against Minamaki. And you mentioned it. Dante Green had to go up against Isaac Koss. But even on the other end, I felt like offensively, offensively he was really good. And he was a big part of their win, their 76-69 to 69 win over Minamaki, who was really strong in that first round. Um. What what do you like so far, I guess, about the TBT? Because I know most of the times during Summer Hoops, we've been checking out the big three, obviously. That's our main focus. But what do you like so far? I mean, are you a fan of the Elam ending? What's kind of been the thing that stuck out to you the most? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. You know, we really, like you said, you know, we're, we're big three guys through and through. So the TBT isn't really something that is always on, or at least it probably isn't on for me as often as it has been. Um, I am, I'm a fan of the lame ending. Um, I liked it when it was in the all-star game um, and I like it in the TBT. I would say though, that I think I might like it a little bit better than how it was just from someone from a comp- completely neutral, unbiased standpoint. I like how it was implemented a little bit better um, in the all-star game. Yeah, because I like how it was like sort of an entire quarter. So it almost felt like, you know, like like you played three quarters, then it was like a pickup game, you know, like like play to this time. So there's a little bit more of that, like, you know, anticipation or a little bit more of that, like, you know, nitty gritty, like toughness. Like now all of a sudden everyone's trying to lock up on defense. Um, So so I guess that's probably the biggest compliment that I can give them, because my only complaint about the uh, a lame ending is that I wish that there was more of it. I wish it was longer. Yeah. I feel like the strategy is, is certainly different with it being kind of towards the end. I mean, as a team that's probably trailing, you want to at least be trailing by only a couple points or you feel like you put yourself in a real hole. I mean, looking at this first like round of 24 games, I mean, one team was already down. <laughs> Their target score was like 80 and they only had 60 points. So they had to you know, not only overcome the 20-point deficit, but then you're also trying to make sure the other person doesn't score and hit the 80 mark. So... I feel like, too, though, I, what I like about it the most is the pressure it puts on the other team. You know, we I know this yeah. is, doesn't really concern, like, the big three guys just yet, but that the money team and heard that matchup, I mean, I felt like, first of all, that was one of the more exciting basketball games I've ever seen, first off. But second oh, of sure. all, I felt like the money team really had their backs against the wall and just, like, they just couldn't deliver and capitalize on the moment. And heard that just kept putting pressure and pressure and pressure on them, scoring these baskets. And they're kind of like frantically like, hey, we, we got to get to this score. And I think that's the part I like about it the most. But um, Bayheim's Army will advance to, I guess it's kind of the Elite Eight of the tournament here. Um, one of the last I think they're teams. referring to it as the quarterfinals. Okay, the quarterfinals. I guess that makes a little bit more sense because it's only a, a 2014 tournament. But Dante put up 16 points. Nine rebounds, was second on the team in scoring. 
obviously led the way in the rebounds and really, I mean, down the stretch had a big part really on the defensive inside. His impact was huge. And especially on that, that last kind of play that led them to the, the win on a free throw, you know, with the game being close, he was backing them down. Dante multiple times throughout the game, just stripped Isaac Haas, who, you know, like you mentioned, seven, three monster and, good to see that he's doing well and they're going to play a sideline cancer team who if heard that's not the cinderella team that it's definitely sideline cancer two teams that are 22 and 23 seats so uh, they've been pretty nitty-gritty as well i'm interested to see how that one's go but i really like the Bayheim's army's team and i think dante hit the nail on the head when he talked about their versatility absolutely and another thing too is um we'll get into uh the other sort of uh big three represented team but I say one of the probably the biggest contrasts is Bayham's army has all the chemistry in the world. You know, like we sort of were joking about it. Like uh, I know Dante said that they really were going to try and run a man, but in the beginning, for whatever reason, they felt as though they had to switch to the two, three and boom, just like that. Like they were in it, yeah. you know, uh, and they knew exactly where they needed to be. And obviously that's all from those guys playing in Syracuse, but a lot of it is team chemistry. Their offense looked great. Um, down the stretch, they hit a ton of clutch free throws. Um, exactly like what you said, I still can't get over really, you know, Dante really, I mean, from a professional sense, like Dante is really not a five, you know, like he's definitely yeah. like a, like a four. So they have him at the five. I get it. You know, they're playing small ball. They have him sort of like that, like PJ Tucker role. Um, then here comes this is Isaac Haas, who's literally like taller than like most NBA centers, you know? Uh, and Dante is just absolutely just, you know, putting them in check, stripping the ball. Um, Dante was making a lot of good, uh, like, I think he hit a couple threes, a lot of mid ranges because really the paint was all taken taken up by this guy too, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Dante played it perfectly. And you would think, you know, the, the seven, three guy would really have the most of the advantage, but Dante played it so well. And that team played it so well that, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, Metamaki was a very scrappy team and it was in no way a blowout or anything like that. Um, no, but absolutely. I, I think Dante probably had the big three alumni performance of the weekend. hundred percent. I agree too. And I think one thing that, you know, we didn't really get a chance to, to cover, or, you know, talk to it with Dante last week was the fact that he was kind of put in that position because two guys, Chris McCullough and Tyler Lydon, were originally going to play, those would have been their big men. Those would have been the guys going against um, Haas there. Instead, mm-hmm. they didn't play for whatever reason. So he was kind of thrusted into that role. You know, I don't know if they were in the quarantine bubble at all or not, but, you know, probably coming into it, you're thinking like, oh, we got these big men. I'm probably going to play, you know, probably mostly four, but I can really play anywhere um, throughout the, you know, throughout the five spots. But, you know, then being thrown into that position, seeing that guy and then, just being able to pull off the type of performance to perfection like he did was was cool to see. And hundred percent out of all the big three players, I think he had the best. And but you know, I think that's kind of because the overseas elite team who played armored athlete was so stacked. I mean, I think we've been anticipating this game for for a very long time, especially since we heard that Joe Johnson was gonna join them. You know, I think we anticipated a little bit more when we went on their website and we're like, Oh, they got Frank. Oh, they got they got X. You know, that was crazy. You know, wild. Um, just a bit of like a behind the scenes. I forget exactly what made us look up. Uh, I don't. I think we were like, "Oh, what number is Jarrett Jack going to be?" And you're like, "I'll I, look it up I on think, the roster." Oh, I, I know what it was. So you were, 
you were saying that Jared Jack was playing in it, and I was like, oh, mm. I looked at their site the other day, and I actually didn't see Jared Jack. I didn't see Jordan Crawford. And you're like, well, they're saying it on like ESPN or whatever it was. And I was like, let me check real quick. And I'm like, oh, well, they don't have Jarrett Jack. Yeah, you're, you're like, but, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I was, actually, the excitement level was way higher than that. But I was like, oh, like what? They got Nitty? You know, they got Xavier Silas. I was like, what? This is like almost a big three team at this point. And, you know, those are great talents as well. But it's, it's kind of crazy because this overseas elite team, I think everybody but one person, it wasn't on the original roster. So now – you're headlined by Joe Johnson. You got, you know, Frank Nitty, Xavier Silas, and all these other guys, Bobby Brown, um, Burrell, who's been on a lot of a lot of the teams, Pujetter. And you're kind of thinking like, one, this is a stacked team, but two, or I should say three things. One, stacked team, two, a lot of big three guys, but three, potentially a lot of guys that could also convert to the big three next summer. I was thinking that same thing. I mean, you know, so I can kind of break down the stats here. It doesn't say too much but it says uh joe johnson 13 points four assists five rebounds frank session 10 points two rebounds xavier silas didn't have his stats listed he was kind of in and out of the lineup there um but the guy who intrigued me the most was Pooh jetter and i mean he was a he was immaculate in that game 22 points two rebounds i felt like he was a knockdown three-point shooter this is a guy i would love to see next summer and I'm hoping that, you know, guys like Frank and Joe could convince him. Absolutely. I mean, um, him, uh, Dakari, uh, what was his last name? Dakari Tucker. Dakari Tucker. There you go. Um, no, those are absolutely guys that I would love to see in the big three. I think I was watching that overseas elite game. And again, I'm not incredibly familiar, but I said to myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could definitely tell how these guys have one loss in TBT history. <laughs> You know, even before Joe and Nitty got there, you know that yeah. that is just such a such a deep team. I will um, I will so, say it was a little yeah. bit closer than I expected. I mean, early it was a on, a lot closer. It was a lot closer. It looked like it was it was getting ugly. There was a point where I think it was like like eighteen to like six or something like that. You yeah. know, um, which is only a twelve point deficit, but when a team is getting to 20 and you haven't even gotten to 10 yet, you know, you're like, all right, this is, this might be it over, but that credits armored athlete, you know, they fought back. Um, I think overseas elite, um, unlike Bayham's army has a little bit of a chemistry that they need to develop because there were points down the stretch where the ball movement just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, like a lot of isolation plays, a lot of guys, you know, uh, putting the ball on the floor when they really should have been passing it or moving around stuff like that. Quick shots. But, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're too talented uh, of a team to uh, let that hold them back. So I'm super excited to see how they uh, progress. Yeah, me too. And I think I think it just talks about – I think it just speaks to the level of talent the TBT actually has this year. I think the one thing oh, absolutely. we've been hearing on social media or TV, uh, maybe just even talking with Dante last week, was just the talent level and organization this team, this league tournament – whatever it's called, um, has been able to put together, you know, over their six or seven years of existence here. So I think that's just kudos to the the type of talent they've been able to bring in and also just the guys who are, you know, more interested in this tournament um, and wanting to win a little bit of money as well. I think there's a lot of guys who in this tournament that are definitely like NBA level and guys we have seen play in the NBA, obviously. So, so Anthony, I don't mean to cut you off, um, but I did just get a DM from our guest. 
um, okay. saying that he is ready. And he said that something, uh, he said that he has to help out with something. So if you wouldn't mind giving me a call right now, so he, he can give us about like 10, 15 minutes of his time. Okay, cool. So it's actually perfect timing. We're going to talk about overseas elite next matchup. And we're actually going to get a talk to a guy who's on the other side going against overseas elite and heard that guy in Elmore who has become the darling of the TBT and we're going to get a chance to talk to him. So stick around for that. All right. Now we welcome onto the show star of the TBT and a member of heard that and Elmore. I appreciate you coming on here. How was life in the bubble? Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm just happy to still be in the bubble. That means we're still winning and we're still in the tournament. Absolutely. So, obviously, it's uh, been kind of a just, just a, a change of course, a change of life with everything going on. I mean, you guys came into the bubble, obviously confident, a really stacked team with what you guys have been able to assemble. But now you've made this run, um, obviously a big win over TNT. What's, been, what's this year's tournament been like for you guys and just – compared to the past couple of years you guys have been playing? Uh, it feels a lot better to, you know, be, be on the winning side of things. In the past, well, I think we're one and two. and uh, But the game, like we ran into Ohio State one year, and just to have, we were overmatched talent-wise. And it, uh, it feels good this year to, to be, in our opinion, the more talented team. And uh, I think we proved that. Hopefully we'll continue to prove that. And you, you, uh, you talk about being the more talented team and really a credit to yourself. You're the general manager who got these guys together. So what goes into the, the process of team building for you? Uh, well, it started with all our martial guys. Uh, you know, that was easy. All the guys we played with. And, you know, uh, we realized what we had was a bunch of good guard play, which is similar to what we had in college. And uh, so from that point on, we realized we needed bigs. Uh, we, of course, we have Ryan Taylor from Marshall. And in the years past, I mean, he's been a beast for us. I think last year in TBT, he had like 22 and 12 or something like that. But, you know, outside of him, our depth of big was limited. And, you know, we didn't have much and he would wear down. Well, now this year we got we went out and we got four guys that fit the system and who are bigs. And uh, as you can see, I mean, this past game, uh, the money team decided they weren't going to let us shoot threes. And those bigs went for close to 80 of our 100-some points, and uh, they carried us. Yeah, I mean, Ja'Cory Williams was obviously huge. Chris Coakley was huge. Um, but I think the biggest thing that you know we've been noticing about the TBT in general is that the best way to come away with wins is going to be – it's going to come down to how much chemistry you guys have. Heard Jacory yesterday kind of on ESPN talk about how you guys have been working together for a while, but how are you guys able to, you know, find chemistry so quickly and then, you know, be able to translate it to the to the TBT here? Uh, yeah, uh, we found chemistry very quick, uh, and I think that plays a huge thing. And you know, it just uh, it's just that's a credit to the guys that we've added to the mix. It's a combination of they're great guys. They're great ball players, and uh, they came in. We decided to have training camp this year, get everybody ten, uh, to Charleston, West Virginia, 10 days before, uh, and they bought into that. They came in, and, you know, we've been hanging out, been together ever since. And, uh, every, I mean, you know, we've known Ja'Cory a short time. We obviously were familiar with him before this, but we've known him on a personal level for a short time, just like all the other guys. You know, they've become part of our family.
Uh, so obviously, I know the uh, interview that you gave the TNT guys, uh, excuse me, the TBT guys. Uh, you call that the comeback, one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. So obviously, that was an incredible game uh, against the Money Team. When you're down like that, a situation like that, uh, a leader on that team, obviously, what do you say to the guys to get them going to uh, drive them to that comeback? Uh, you know, I didn't have to say much. Uh, all the guys believed, and uh, we've stressed this from the beginning of training camp, is whether we're up 20 or down 20 with the way we play, talent we have, uh, it's anybody's game. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. We can be up 20, and we're still over there saying, man, this thing's not over. And that's just a testament to how we play and getting up and down and how if you hit a couple three-pointers, things start to swing, uh, and it can change a game on top on its head. And fortunately for us, we dug in, got stops, got scores, and, you know, you all know the rest. Yeah. Yes, sir. I think you guys flipped the pressure on them uh, pretty quickly there. But, you know, and we obviously know the tension that went on. I think at this point most of the sports world knows – kind of the battle you had early on, the tension that was that was made um, early. But was there, like, a certain reason for any of that? I mean, I felt like, you know, with their team, obviously they know they got a lot of talent on their team. and But I felt like – I feel like in this tournament, it's kind of like anyone's ball game. It's really just whoever goes on that heater. What what do you feel like was, – was there, like, an intimidation factor they were trying to present? And how did that – how did that kind of come about? Uh, to be honest, I thought they came out and tried to punk us, which, you know, if you can do it, that's great. But if not, you know, you have a ball game. And they came out early, hit us in the mouth. They got up on a school court. They made a couple of buckets. They were hollering and screaming and just having a good old time. And uh, I felt like we came out lackadaisical and asleep and maybe, you know, just sort of happy we won the first game. They jumped on us early. And then I know there was one point where uh, they had a guard that, knocked down my brother so that sort of started the chirping early but and, you know I'm not the best player on the team but I wanted to sort of try to set the tone for the guys a little bit that we're not going to be doing that and we're not going we're not going like that and so I just wanted the other team to know we we're here uh, and you know that chippiness started and I think it was a good thing because our guys woke up got fired up and you know uh, we got back in the game and I will say you know I have uh, a limited ultimate respect for that mentality, you know, especially I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, I'm not the best guy on the team, but I'm going to stick up for my guys. And I feel like that's really a mentality that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and it's like, you know, it's like the classic American underdog story. And obviously so. And you, uh, you really become the face of the TBT. You know, you sort of become like, like I've, I've seen like America's sweetheart, America's darling going around. Um, what is sort of your reaction to all of this? You know, uh, I think it's good that we become America's team. Uh, a lot of people questioned, uh, when we, uh, some of the teams that didn't get in questioned why we got in. Uh, I'm hoping we're making the tournament people look smart. Uh, but, you know, it, to run a tournament like this and generate interest, you need sort of storylines like that. So I'm glad we could provide one, you know, and help draw some interest for the tournament because we believe they do an absolutely great job. And uh, we absolutely love this thing. Uh, so we're just glad to sort of, you know, help generate some buzz and try to keep growing this thing because, you know, we want to keep being a part of it and we find, we think it's special. So obviously another tall task ahead of you guys and Overseas Elite, you know, obviously everyone knows them and the TBT four-time champions, but, and then, you know, the, the 
team they were able to put together this year headlined by Joe Johnson. You know, we're pretty familiar with those guys in general, but, you know, specifically we focus on some of the big three guys, and it seems like most of those guys are on the overseas elite team. But what's kind of the strategy, you know, going up against them? Obviously, they're a stacked team. They got plenty of talent on their team. Um, a guy who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. But we feel like there was a little bit of a chemistry issues where I feel like that's where you guys are going to have the advantage. But, you know, just overall going into it, what are you guys expecting? Uh, you know, the, the weird thing about how we play and the style of play we do is we're not really worried about who they have or what they do because we could be playing overseas elite or we could be playing a local YMCA team. We're going to get up and down. We're going to run the pick and roll. We're going to shoot threes. We're going to let that thing fly, and we're going to try to play fast. And uh, we're going to try to outscore you, so you better be ready. We don't we don't really change our game plan any. We just we do what we do and because, you know, it's a fun way to play, and we feel we're good at it. And if the team's good enough to beat us at what we do, we're going to tip our hats to them and leave the bubble. If, until then, we think we're going to win a million dollars. Who's somebody unheard that that we're not talking about enough? Who's somebody that, you know, maybe an underrated player, somebody that you think is poised for a breakout? Uh, you know, that's tough. I think a couple guys that aren't getting enough credit are Zach Smith and Ryan Luther. Uh, they've both been extremely solid for us. They're a couple of our bigs. Uh, you know, a lot of the credit's going to John, my brother, uh, Ja'Cory Williams and Chris Coakley, who both had 30-point games last game. But uh, Zach Smith and uh, Ryan Luther have both been extremely solid for us. They're both averaging about 10 points and 11 points a game in this. Uh, and uh, they've done a great job of, you know, just buying in and doing whatever we ask of them. And uh, that's hard for some people, but they're, but they're professionals. And, and they've came in and just, you know, done whatever they can to help. And I, I don't think they get enough credit. Yeah, I like that. And we saw Luther, obviously, with the, the game winner yesterday, a tough game winner, too. And really excited to watch you guys play against Overseas Elite. I know you're short on time, but wanted to ask, you know, hopefully it's not going to come anytime soon. But most people in the bubble don't have the luxury of having their dad and their brother in the bubble with them. That being said, you guys have, I guess maybe even as a team, you guys have any plans of what you're going to do as soon as you guys, um, it's time for you guys to go home and leave the bubble. Uh, no, uh, I mean, everybody's just going to ship out and, uh, go back to their normal lives. Uh, whether that's be, I know some of us back to work, uh, you know, back to school, uh, for others, it's back to playing professional basketball and just working, uh, working out in the off season and getting ready to, uh, go play and earn a contract. So, uh, it'll be back just to normal life once we leave. Uh, and, you know, that's sort of sad to think about because we're having a, a great time here in the bubble. Uh, I got one more for you. You know, speaking of this bubble talk, is it is it that much more satisfying when you beat a team, especially when it gets a little chippy like it did uh, with the money team, and then you know that they're kicked out of the bubble, they pack their bag, and they got to go home? Does that make it more satisfying? Yeah, and uh, I have a funny story. Is The teams that lose are, I guess, kicked to the, uh, the hill. We're at a high right now, but I guess you have to go to a Hilton if you're not leaving Columbus. <laughs> Just as protocol is once you lose, you're not allowed back in the bubble. Uh, our assistant coach came off the bench yelling, get them to the Hilton. And uh, <laughs> that was extremely satisfying for us to, you know, hear and 
after such a chippy game and, you know, such a personal game, just to have him come off the bench to help get up to the hill, you know, just uh, it made it worth it. That's awesome. That, that is awesome, absolutely. Well, well-deserved. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. And, you know, if you guys are ever thinking of another hoop, summer hoops play, you know, the big three will be back in 2021. You guys obviously have a lot of talent. Age limit's lowered to 22. So just to throw a thought into your guys' heads for, for next summer. Hey, if they'll throw a contract my way, we'll bring, some, we'll bring a good squad and we'll bring some entertainment and, you know, have a good time. Hey, love to hear uh, that. I'll tell you what, if you keep the mentality that you've had, uh, I'm going to love covering you in the big three if our pets scores down the line. Hey, just make sure you keep that in mind. I could bring a lot to the big three. That's something Ice Cube needs to look into. <laughs> yes, sir. Got some four-pointers, a future four-point leader here. So, appreciate your yes, time sir. again, and uh, best of luck to you guys against Overseas Elite. All right, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Heard That's Ot Elmore. We appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule in the TBT bubble to come talk to us, and we are super excited to see him play overseas elite. Um, all right, Anthony. So while I have the keys to the car, while I'm driving this podcast, <laughs> let's switch the conversation a little bit um, from the TBT to another league that we're super excited about. Another sort of uh, illegitimate child of the big three. <laughs> I shouldn't say that the TBT is a child, of the three, but the, but this definitely is uh, the illegitimate son of the big three, uh, the five tournament. Yeah, give the TBT its props, first of all. But no, yeah, you're right. You're right. That was wrong with me. That was so me. we'll pivot from one tournament to another. Like you said, the five tournament, another 10-day tournament. However, this one is a little bit more in our wheelhouse because pretty much every team, if not all the teams, have big three players on it. So it looks like this is started by the guys who run B1 Patch, who is a big sponsor of the big three. Obviously, a lot of guys in the big three are sponsored by b1 and wear the b1 patches and they decided hey if we're not going to get a chance to see the big three this summer we're going to make a way to watch big three guys play at least a some type of three-on-three tournament so that's what they did and this one starts july 19th it's going to be on showtime i believe it's pay-per-view of 70 dollars to watch like 10 days of basketball which isn't bad at all seven dollars a day I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can, I think you can even watch it game by game like that. So $70 on Showtime pay-per-view. I mean, this is pretty huge. I mean, your kind of your first reaction to it, Will, because I know we kind of found out about it at the same time, but just your first thoughts in your head. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a little bit of behind the scenes, I think we found out about it about probably uh, 20 minutes after we were done interviewing Dante Green last week. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, man, um, we should have talked about this tournament with him because stuff <laughs> always happens when you and I are kind of just like talking after the episode, <laughs> like the NBA, the NBA shut down, uh, something else happened. Something, you know what I mean? Uh, but I feel like stuff always happens. I'm going to put a little heat on Dante. I feel like you should have brought it up. Yeah. Right. Like what, what the heck Dante? <laughs> no, uh, no, but it was still secretive. At the yeah. Time. I think yeah. it was still, I think he didn't, wasn't allowed to say anything about it, but yeah. So credit to him for taking it under wraps. I'm actually going to flip it. Yeah. Okay. Props to Dante. <laughs> yeah. Shame on me for for calling him out like that. Yeah. Screw. You know, he was he was nice enough to come on our podcast. You're right. You know, let, let me uh, go ahead and just leave and you run the, the rest door? of this. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So basically, so what we're going to have here now, um, is this tournament. It's what ten days in Vegas. Um. If you look at the rosters, which we can like, I guess, go over a little bit. It's basically. It's representative of five cities. It's Toronto, New York, Miami, 
Sacramento, um, and then Chicago, Chicago, and Texas. There you go. Texas is not a city. So Um, five cities and states. And basically each team has what, like seven people? So just from the looks here, I think it's about five people. So kind of like a big three roster if it was season one, essentially. Right, exactly. And, Um, you know, like like you were saying, kind of a lot of big three guys, including one that's already playing in a tournament right now in Joe Johnson. And Dante Green. And Dante Green. Yeah, so a couple guys who are going to be going from one tournament to the next. I don't know if they're going to do like the same type of protocol. I'm assuming they would, but I will say these are, if you're a fan of the big three or you're just a guy who watches the big three in the summer, these names are going to look a lot more familiar than the ones in the TBT because, like we said, pretty much every roster contains all big three players. I think the only one that doesn't is... This Toronto five team and New York. Yeah. Because Toronto five has Will Solomon. Uh, New York has Darnell Jackson and Marty Collins. Other than that, I believe that every other person here is a big three player. Yeah. Even is Eddie Baston, Eddie Baston. He played year one. That's right. For the three headed monsters. Yeah. And then Mike James was a guy who played with the killer threes and, Yes. We've kind of talked about it a little bit. Yep. But the Texas five team is stacked. Texas looks crazy. (laughs) We got Joe Johnson, Mike James, who Mike James, by the way, when he played was good. You know what I mean? Really good. Uh, This is somebody that I'm surprised wasn't really more of a mainstay in the big three. David Hawkins, who we all know my opinion on David Hawkins, James White, uh, future defensive player of the year, James White, and Josh Powell. Yeah, that team's this. It, I I said it before. I'll say it again. This is the big three all star tour in China that we never got. Perfect, perfect way to put it. Yeah, couldn't have said this it is basically what it is. They basically they took the big three rosters. They took all of your favorite players. It's basically all the starters. Um, and they shuffled it, and they we got five teams out of it. So I am super excited for this. I think it's going to be so much fun just to see all these different guys. It is three v three. It's like a three on three, and just to make that. I know it's called the five, so I was a little confused about that. Um, I think it's just the five because of the rosters, because they have right. six and teams. Like the five cities. Yeah. No, they have six. You know, I've been thinking the whole time it's five, just like oh, you. Yeah. But I just went through, and I'm like, man, this looks like a lot more <laughs> than six. five. So, <laughs> if you came to the fourth man expecting us to be able to do math or be able to count, now's your prob- probably your time to exit. But well, let me let me just let me just make it as simple as possible for you. We cover the big three. It's the fourth man. Now we're talking about the five. <laughs> so we do math, but we just do it subconsciously. Exactly. Yeah. So you guys got to keep up. <laughs> it's up to you guys. But I do like the right. Texas five team. I will say another team I'm really intrigued by is the Sacramento team. And that's got just about to say Mike that. Bibby, Jermaine Taylor, Brandon Rush, Dante Jones. And I already said Dante Green, didn't I? So – those five guys, but I think the more interesting part about this team is kind of like it's almost kind of similar to how Corey Maggette was going to be represented in the China Tour. You know, that was going to be like his last hoorah. This is almost like Mike Bibby's last hoorah. This definitely is Mike Bibby's last hoorah. Um, and I feel like there was somebody else that I had that similar notion for. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm incorrect. Um, I'm also really excited to see Toronto. Reggie Evans, who 
as we know, the 3v3 setting is the best big man in this tournament. Um, our guy, Mike Taylor, um, Carlos Arroyo, and Jamario Moon. So that, to me, might be a very sneaky team. So you know what I'm noticing that's kind of intriguing is that you say Reggie Evans, and I remember seeing Reggie Evans, but looking here at the website, I do not see Reggie Evans. <laughs> really? I'm looking at the Instagram graphic. Okay. So on the Instagram graphic, is Julian Wright listed on there? Oh, no way. So it's Julian Wright. Okay. So I guess but, Re- Reggie has dropped off. Reggie has dropped off. So I guess off. Julian Wright took his place, which that's a little surprising because, you know, he obviously just opened up his facility and has a lot going on. But I guess he was like, man, let me go ahead and get a quick tournament in. But yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, I mean, we've, uh, we've had Julian Wright on this podcast, which seems like a long time ago. Um, and then we've sort of been fortunate enough to just keep in touch with him. And he is just one of the nicest guys I feel like out there. So I'm just super excited that, you know, he is, he's involved in these things, you know, so that, that to me is a indication that he's going to be around the big three for a while. All these guys are. So yeah. I, I'm super, I'm super excited for him. I think too, what's interesting is that the guys who were playing on each team, they play on that team more often than not because they played on the NBA team in the past. You know, so that's one of my favorite things as well. So Mario Chalmers, Robert, uh, Rob Height playing for the Miami team. You know, Sacramento, Mike Bibby, Dante Green, Jermaine Taylor, the Toronto. I mean, this Toronto team. It looks like they used Julian Wright's picture from when he played in Toronto, which is pretty cool. Um, Jamario Moon, who played for Toronto, and then. Guys with the Chicago roots like Will Bynum, Eddie Curry. I mean, this is pretty. This is pretty sick. It's super sick. Um, and I, I, I'm I'm just absolutely just super excited for this. So the tournament's gonna start on July 19th. Like I said, 10 day tournament. I don't think it has the same type of reward when you win, other than bragging rights and saying that you won the first five tournament ever. But nonetheless, it's gonna be some competitive three on three basketball. I'm assuming they're going to implement the big three style and the big three rules here, but something I would, Ooh, are they going to bring the fire? I was, so I was going to get to that. I was going to say, I wonder if they try to test it out here and see how effective Ooh. it is and just kind of work out the kinks, you know, because you know, we've been talking for what we've been talking for the last, I guess this, this whole year, we've been kind of speculating on what to expect from bring the fire. We've asked, people that are playing the big three, what they expect. And everyone's kind of come to the same conclusion that we don't really know what to expect until it happens. And so what better time to test it than in this tournament? Absolutely. But I will say this though. I don't think we do for that exact reason. I don't think guys, everyone that we brought on that we talked about it, they've all sort of had similar answers. They don't know what to expect. They don't know what it's going to look like. So I feel like this is a player-run tournament. I mean, there is absolutely no uh, semblance of, like, a league. You know what I mean? Like, this is by the players for them. So I feel like they're they're kind of a little bit unsure of how this rule is going to be implemented in the first place. So I don't – I think we, we're going to have to wait till 2021. That's a good point. And I was going to say, too, I think one of the biggest selling points of the upcoming season – was some of the rule changes, but obviously I think the one that stuck out the most was this bring the fire rule. So maybe from the big three's perspective, they're probably thinking like, hey, let's not spoil that just yet. You know, we want that to be when the timing's right 
to really throw that out there and really test this out. So good point there. But nonetheless, should be interesting. The five tournament, bunch of big three guys. And just going to be just, I think ultimately it's going to be good for guys like us who have really missed the big three with the tournament going on and seeing some of our big three guys in it and just being able to see them all get back together and, and compete at a high level three on three basketball. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to see how it turns out. I'm assuming that prematurely your team to win it all is going to be that Texas five on paper on paper. I would be, uh, I'd be remiss to say that they were the best team on paper. I mean, you have, I believe they're the only team with multiple uh, MVP candidates because Corey Maggette in the tournament. Rashard Lewis isn't in the tournament. So you got Joe Johnson. So the only MVP in the tournament and David Hawkins, who, as we've discussed, was pretty damn close to winning it uh, in 2018. So, yeah. I, and James White, who is probably one of the better defensive players. Um and has yeah, a championship uh, pedigree. I think they have them. And has a championship pedigree, absolutely. Oh, is that the team with the most big three championships? I was I was just looking at that. I think I think it is. Yeah, because you have Joe Johnson, James White, and let's just uh let's just include Josh Powell's a championship appearance. <laughs> absolutely. Other than that, yeah. I don't I mean you have one for Toronto for Jamario Moon. You have you have Demar Johnson, who made that's, a championship. Demar Johnson, who made a championship. So let's let's include that Dante Green, who made um, a championship, and that's it. That's really it. You're yeah, the only one with two. Yeah, I think I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say that Texas Five looks like the front runner. But I mean, I'm seeing Tri-State highly represented in this tournament. I'm seeing Ghost Bowlers highly represented in this tournament. Um, but yeah, no, no, no championship pedigrees for those guys, unfortunately. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. My early pick is gonna be Texas. I love it. I think that just to defer from you, I'm really on the fence here. But I really like that Sacramento team. But something about the Chicago Five sticks out to me. I don't know if it's like okay, okay, the fact that they have Nate and Will, and I just look at those guys as like gritty junkyard dog type players who are obviously creative in the ways they can score. Mm-hmm. So. Something about the Chicago Five. I'm going to go with the Chicago Five, and I hope they prove me right because this would be something great to to talk about later. Well, let me tell you this. A lineup, I know this is super specific, but a lineup that I'm very excited to see out of Sacramento is Jermaine Taylor, Brandon Rush, and Dante Green. Ooh. That is a, That's a very good – That is a killer lineup. I mean, you want to talk about two guys who have, who towards uh, the end of the big three season last year, especially, were unstoppable. Brandon Rush, Jermaine Taylor, we all know how talented he is, and Dante Green, who if he's looking like that in a five-on-five setting in the TBT, he's going to be absolutely dominant. Uh, come uh, this three v three setting. Yeah, and he's already got his feet wet, and I think just in regards to Jermaine Taylor, just going to be good to see him back on the court. Yes, That's the thing I was absolutely. one of the things I was looking forward to this summer. So just to see him play and then get his feet wet again, and then next summer we're going to be you know just as ready to play in the big three. It's going to be fun to watch. But I will say that the the lineup of Joe Johnson, David Hawkins, and James White is pretty pretty enticing. That's another one too, man. <laughs> I know that um, we're I mean complimenting the Texas Five a lot, but that's going to be a killer 
killer lineup. Yep. So make sure you guys tune into that, especially if you're big three fans. But other than that, I think that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Make sure you guys continue to support our big three guys and the TBT. And make sure you guys are on the lookout for the five tournament. We appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. Finish, finish. I'm good. Well, let's let's not uh, let's not sell ourselves short a little bit here, uh, Anthony. Uh, for everyone listening to this podcast, we have merch. Yeah, I was trying to be. I was. I didn't want to be that guy who was, you know, just like gloating about it. But I'm pretty. I'm pretty proud I'll, of what we I'll got. I'll be that guy, <laughs> bro. Go to any of our socials, hit the link tree, go down to uh, Fourth Man Merchandise. You can find it on Design Tree. That's uh, the native website. We got Joe Johnson shirts. We got Will Bynum shirts. We have a couple more designs on the way. So check it out. If you don't see anything that you like the first time, oh, we just have a plain logo, fourth man logo shirts. Um, If you don't see anything you like, keep on checking. We are uploading new stuff all the time. We're really trying to get this merchandise line going. So please um, let us know. Give us feedback. Uh, leave a review of the podcast on either Spotify or Apple. We really, uh, we are really trying to get some feedback from you guys. So if you would be so kind as to leave a review, send us a comment, uh, DM us, message us, comment on any social thing. It would be really appreciated. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. And we are pretty proud of the design we just came out with. And like Will said, a couple more shirts on the way that we might be even more proud of. So Hopefully those come out here in the near future. And those can also be found, like Will said, on Linktree. But if you want to make it a little bit easier, it's just going to be designtree, dsgntree.com. And you can find a ton of different branches on there, but you'll see the fourth man logo. Hit that and you'll have a bunch of options there. So make sure you guys... I'm super proud of that design <laughs> you showed me today. Yeah. That one, one that you that sent me today, good, huh? that one's going to look gonna be so heat. nice on a t-shirt. That's, that one's going to look so nice on a t-shirt. That one's my favorite already, and it's not even on a shirt yeah. yet. So. And then we didn't even see the second one that we have cooking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm in love with all of them. See, now I'm being that guy. This is what I've turned into. This is on, This is just how we talk. This is on you. No, this is on you. Abs- I, I will absolutely be that guy. You brought the. You took away the humbleness from me. Now I'm being, we got to start pushing product. We got to start moving product. <laughs> We're just a full on business now. We're not even a podcast yes. anymore. Let's go. <laughs> we're fulfilling We're orders and we're fulfilling orders and we're marketing our product. Let's go. No, but, but we would really appreciate if you guys just checked it out. And, and like Will said, give us some feedback. Any and everything helps. Again, appreciate you guys tuning into this one and see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.